What happens when you crash a dinner party and start chatting about sex? How do you marry the idea of Jesus dying for your sins and you being free in your sexuality? Have you read You Need to Be Gay to Know God? No, seriously, you need to read it. It's, it's brilliant. This is basically life, looking at queer sex, love, and living. And I'm your host, Tiff Mugo. Are you good, my baby? How are you doing? Am I good or am I good at it? Because this, this, that's the aspiration, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, to those who don't know, teach. <laughs> so that's Sia, pronouns he, him. Sia wrote a whole book after being reprimanded at a dinner party for talking about religion, politics, and sex in polite company. He churned out a whole bunch of analyses, the plural of analysis, that culminated in a book called You Have to Be Gay to Know God, which in 2019 made the long list for the Sunday Times Alan Payton Literary Award, the short list for the UJ Debut Prize, and won the Desmond Tutu Garrett Brand Literary Prize. Basically, it was just cleaning up, like at the Oscars, with... Um, Moonlight? Whatever. It's cleaned up. Kumalo is ex-military, a Mr. Gay South Africa runner-up, and a Mr. Gay World Top 10 finalist. Also, this homie has an OnlyFans page. We were talking about touch just now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I write about sex. You do write about sex. Those of us who don't know teach. So wait, are you? So have you not been writing about sex? What What have you been doing with yourself? Actually, I was asking you. So you're like, you've been writing. I've been writing. You've been writing. How have How have you actually kept creative during COVID? Because like, for me, there was a time when I just hit a wall. I was like, I will not write. I will not logisticize. I will do nothing. So I also hit a very similar wall, especially with reading. Mm. Mm. People are like. The, the overachieving mother. Oh, God. <laughs> what books are you reading over lockdown? And then they'll come up with a, like a stack this big. And I'm like, yeah, I write an article today. Right? That's all I could manage. Like, because people were talking about how, like, I saw people doing that, like, 30 books in 30 days challenges and things like that. Yeah. I was like, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> essentially. <demonic> possession. Like, <laughs> 100%. Why are 100%. So wait, so how did you get over your slump? Because now we're going to get into like your book and you're going to read us an extract. Do you know what you're reading? Or have you just come here feeling live and stuff? Yeah, it's one of those things where you feel how the, where the conversation is going. Okay, me, yeah, I was just going to ask you from the jump, but it's fine. Okay, so what have you been writing? Like, what have you been exploring? <clears throat> so I want to get more into the swing of writing um, erotica. Okay. Which is not as easy as people think. No, it is fucking difficult. It is not. Pun intended. It is, you know, like when you're writing about anything else, she walked into the room and had a glass of water. Yeah. For example. When you're the sun shone sex, in. The, the sun shone in. <laughs> when you are writing about sex, you're looking at four limbs. Whew. No, 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 eight limbs. Eight limbs. Well, it depends what erotica you're writing. It could be 16. 12. 12. 16. Is 16, a, is 16 divisible by, you see? The maths. And then, and then we're being ableist because it's not always by four. Oh my gosh, we are being ableist. We're being ableist. So Yo. you're also thinking about politics now. Like, am I just going with the flow? Am I just, am I not challenging the way I see the world? And and once, and outside of limbs alone, limbs. there's all the other body then, parts. Then, then that... there are the body parts. Mm-hmm. So in one of the fiction stories I'm working on, um, I have to negotiate. Like I've, I've written so many things around this mm-hmm. at some point i'm going to have to write a sex scene where one of the participants was castrated at birth uh, okay you know you know when you make a podcast to be like we build into it right? yeah okay like, okay please. like do you give us weather, backstory nah, are you gonna nah, give nah. us backstory of why they were castrated or is it just gonna be like an off-the-cuff re- you see now we're even giving spoilers like bon chance with that but how are you gonna how? So I don't know how much of this I'm allowed to talk about. You okay. know the tea is going to be good. Oh, okay. You see, don't, don't spill all the tea now because now people will be like, that one, it was on the podcast. Go listen. Okay. I pitched a book concept to mm-hmm. my publisher. Mm-hmm. There isn't a contract on the table or anything official as yet, but yeah. I, it's a story. I, I just, I like the story anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's set 
in the future, so it's it's very sci-fi and, and okay. things like that. And uh, one of the defining features of this world is humans don't touch one another. So <gasps> obviously this was because of the times we live in. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> so people don't touch one another. Everything is mediated by technology and robots. Mm -hmm. And children are castrated or otherwise genet uh, genetically mutilated. Do not tell us anymore. We want that story. We want that story. It's going to be... Okay, so obviously it's non-fiction. I'm, I'm presuming because it's, it's, it's... Sorry, it's, obviously thank you. It's, fiction. it's fine. No, Interview yourself. Look, it Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, obviously it's fiction. Yeah. No, obviously it's fiction somebody is what will, I meant. Somebody will read it and go like, I can see how this could happen. Yeah, you know, actually, that was me last week. We don't know. But when, anyway. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, not the castration, the not touching people thing. Okay. How? Sure. Why are you trying to get me cancelled off my own damn podcast? Oh, no. But, but you are... It's you came into the world, well, into the literary world, world. as a non-fiction writer, right? Yes. So please tell us a little bit about your book. I know you've been doing this for years, having to tell people about your book, but I also I just I love the way it came about. Like you were talking about sex and politics and told and religion to, and religion. Yes, yo, you had to throw in religion as well. That's how it started. Uh, it was at a dinner party. Um, that we gate crashed. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the place was so lonely and bougie, the only way I could get in was gate crashing. Wait, was it, did you know the person throwing the dinner party? Or no. did you just see cars outside and you're like, these no. people have gathered, even me, I must be within. No, me. Like, <laughs> during the white people, we arrived. <laughs> just one time. And you just, and you uh, sat. We, 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 we were brought in by somebody who knew them. Okay. We're, but you, we're not completely, <laughs> you'll disappear. You know what? Do you know what the image I got was of you? Just rolling up, like driving through, like you know, a bougie ass mm -hmm. neighborhood, and just seeing a whole bunch of cars. You're like, these cars don't look too many for a wedding or something. They look enough it's for like a, a small bag. Yes, and you're like, hey, that's a Merc, that's an Audi. Is that an Aston Martin? We must be within. That's the image I got. No. Like actual crashing, crashing. No, it wasn't quite like that. Um, we we were having dinner with a guy who knew them. Okay. So then we go in and. Um, the people had become a bit of a mess. <laughs> like, the drinks were flowing. Yeah, they knocking them back. They eh? were knocking them One back. One or two, hey? And, um, I guess, I mean, how old was I? You know, it's one of those things where you don't know how to read a, a scene, you don't know how to, like... You don't know how to read a room. Don't know, like, uh, me. <laughs> I, I'm struggling to read books right now, so... <laughs> so reading a room. <laughs> like, like, please. Like, 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 like let's, be, let's not be so ambitious. So I get in, I don't know how to read the room, and um, I, through a fault of my own, managed to bring up religion in the discussion. With these know, strangers. With these strangers. And um, the, the very nice person who had taken me, they said, we don't talk about religion, politics, and sex in polite company. And, and, and as much as, okay, in that one instance... Yes, I should have read the room. I shouldn't have brought those topics up. Mm -hmm. But the rule, as uh, on its own, it was just like mm -mm. it wasn't. It was more than just. Mm -mm, it was like breaking this one is gonna be fun. So that so that that is your superpower, or that's your super this hero rule, origin story. Yeah, like you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, and I was quite complacent with not knowing what I wanted to do with my life when mm -hmm. I heard that rule. I had a Damascus Road experience. I saw baby Jesus. Um, it's I got the call that you get a lot of the rings when the movie starts. My mm -hmm. Hogwarts letter arrived. It was all, all of it. it. <laughs> it all happened. <laughs> this is the one. This is the one. This is the one. Religion, politics, and sex. Um, you know, remember the triquetra symbol from Charmed? That, yes, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, I would I draw that everywhere because for me, that, that is the tri. That is the power of three yeah. that, that's you want to explain how power moves in the world you talk about those three topics and and that is actually it's so true like, I, I have only got two of those triangles I have never even begun to think of the last one I do sex and politics and even politics is sketchy you don't do the religion hey hey hey, hey please 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 my mother my mother was like look I can understand I can abide by the sex okay. the politics touch and go religion religion I will be baptized every time I go home to Kenya then we'll see what's going on. No, my mother's like, we cannot touch religion. And so you did all three. You know, of course. I write Bible commentary. You, fam, you're that person. I write, I write my own Bible commentary because when you read a lot of Bible commenta commentators, they're so European. Mm. Um, 
the, the, the way they read the scriptures are they, they it's so sanitized i'm like okay wait a minute did you did you miss the part where this is about a person who was crucified this thing is bloody it is this that is that you are living up here about it yeah, like seeing it is this beautiful sacrifice mm-hmm. of no and you're, you're making him a white person yeah no praise and, why jesus <laughs> and you are also making him and and this is where concepts of what holiness means are so colonial because we want to maintain the status quo we want to use religion to justify the status quo mm-hmm. so they're making him into this really nice guy i mean by nice guy i mean the one who's standing for what is socially acceptable and conventional mm-hmm. like have you read have you read him they were they were saying that he was um demon possessed and a samaritan and a and a wine buyer. they were calling him those things those are big insults in biblical days Oh, so see, you never think about that. You just think that he was just a good man, and and even like the stuff that Jesus did was like wild. What's that thing? I'm such a bad Christian, guys. That thing where you go, he went and he like with the with the temple. Yeah, that's kind of wild, guys. Even in modern days. And you've got to understand the priesthood he was up against. They were not that different from religion like you're seeing it today. Oh. They were the ones calling him demon possessed. When he did something that could not be explained by the science they knew then, they said that he did it by the power of Satan. Just out here being like mm-hmm. just satanic things, yeah, demonic like, things. You cast out demons by the power of Beelzebub or something to that effect. So wait, okay, so you know, you see, this is the problem with podcasting. You, 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 I range questions, yeah, tangents. Because now I want to know where did you get all of this religious knowledge, right? Like, I read the Bible. You just you just read the Bible. Like, because, you know, we all read the Bible. Unprovoked. Unprovoked. You see, that's what I wanted to ask you, because all of us read it provoked, right? Mm. Um, like, the I don't know. The question was there, but... But, like, you unprovoked. Like, I, you went and... Because the thing is, you didn't read it. You studied it, clearly. I, was, I wasn't pushed. I was, like, nudged, and I jumped like I'd been pushed. You jumped like you'd been pushed. Yes. Like, also, I feel like that's, like, just your whole origin story. You're nudged, and then you jump like I you'd been pushed. I in. <laughs> okay, wait. So, how... Because you, like, I think I would actually go as far as, like, no, I, I would go as far as to say, you didn't read it, you studied it. Because, like, you've unpacked things. Because a lot of us read the Bible. Yes. And I'm going to put myself there. We read the Bible. Recently, I was reading about the fruits of the Spirit. You read the words, you move on, right? Like, right. you take vaguely. But you have sat there and you've unpacked. You've looked at the historical context as well, right? Yes. A, lot of looked, it, a lot of which is in the Bible. You see, the thing is, we're not, <laughs> we're not trying to hear that. Like, what was it, like... How long did it take you? What, like, was it for a... Were you, like, in theology school? Were you just sitting there just on a Saturday, unprovoked, the sun is shining, a glass of wine and the Bible? So, um, after I asked to go through the whole Catholic confirmation, the whole process, Mm -hmm. and uh, one day just got tired of it. I'm like, no, my Saturday mornings and I'm going to this catechism class, like, "Mm." One day my grandmother <laughs> notices, like, you're not in catechism class. And uh, she got very upset with me because, though I had not been forced to go, it was her reputation on the line as somebody who went to church that now she's enrolled um, her grandchild and mm-hmm. he's just bunking the classes. Yeah. Excuse me. So she throws her catechism book at me. She's like, when I come back, you will know this thing backwards. How long was she gone for? That's not the point. I know, because grandmothers, they will say these <laughs> it's things. Like, it's, um, she, when my grandmother makes that kind of a threat, she might be gone for two minutes. You will. You that. will know that thing backwards. <laughs> she's not here to play. <laughs> she's not here to play. So I kind of being facetious. I took it literally and I read it backwards. Oh my gosh, you Which just... is the first sign of being demon-possessed. Not like line by line backwards, <laughs> like from the last page. Mm-hmm. They're just working backwards. Mm-hmm. And somehow that made a difference. Like the one of the best ways to read a book is to start from the end. Some if you're studying it. Yeah. Okay. I did not know not that. Not if you're reading it for leisure. If you're studying it, start from the and then you see it. You uh, see yeah. if it unfolds properly, or if Correct. you've just been scammed. Because some people do scammers. You get to the end, you're like, for sec. Exactly. How did this? Some what is going? Said that happened with my book, but you know we what? Were, as we were. Mm-hmm. You no, know what? Catechism. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yes, we were, as is you it, said. How's the sound of this thing? Is it picking my voice up? <laughs> it is, it is. Don't Sorry. worry, don't worry. Okay. So, um, I, I read the catechism and I suddenly became a star student in, in the catechism class. Uh-huh. But I had issues now. Mm-hmm. Because I'm reading it and I'm like, 
there's what he said. Mm-hmm. And then was the, the, here's what the institution has made a rule, has created this rule out of it. Oh. I'm seven, eight years old. I'm reading this and I'm like, there's You're a disconnect. You're seven slash eight years old. This was not, okay, yeah. I'm reading this and I'm like, there's a disconnect. This is what he said. Mm-hmm. This is bullshit. <laughs> Live in, so you said this out loud? No. Or you were just like internally, you're I'm like, internally, mm, these things are not, they're not matching up. They're not. Um, here's what God said. We created an institution that's self-preserving around it. Oh. Like I could sense it. Like I, I, I do not have the words to articulate. You're like it. just you. You were seven. I just want to keep saying that you were seven, feeling you know, something like seven. Okay, cool, fine. Eight. Us, the rest of us were just in like, like what was it? Sunday school, being taught to color, being taught to like clap our hands. It was a cute time. But you are here reading this and and genuinely unpacking it. Well, yeah. Even if you didn't have the language for it, you were genuinely unpacking there it. There was no space to question it because they they asked to regurgitate it. What did Jesus say on this? What did Jesus say on that? And what I then did was I always made sure to answer the questions about the Gospels, for an example, Mm -hmm. like quoting what Jesus said. And then whenever it was questions about the rules of the church. You're just like, Zui? Yeah. Because you're like me, I've done my time there. Let me just keep quiet here. I pushed my time very hard. (laughs) Because I legit don't get how we got there from there to there. Like you're not understanding from point A to point B. I can't say it out loud. I can't say something I don't understand. Like, I can't remember something. You can't retain something if you don't get it. If you, because that is actually so true. So how did that then manifest now in terms of this book? In terms of you being this person who's a gate crasher and a, and a party starter. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, so I over years churches like I I I did my time in church with the Pentecostals and the and the Evangelicals and the mm-hmm. Catholics and. Anglicanism was a was a bit too heady for me. For most people, it's the other way around. Where mm. Anglicanism is light and Catholicism is heavy. Mm. So I did all of it, and I started writing my own uh, Bible commentary, mostly motivated by what I was seeing in religion and in politics. Okay, okay. So if you look at Africa, for an example, a lot of our leaders are in a conspiracy to kill gay people across this continent. Oh, yeah, as has been seen in Ghana and things like this right now. So this is so that they can maintain power, they can... It's populism, they're pandering to their election basis, and they're, us, and they're using religion to justify it, mm-hmm. and also to take attention away from their own failings. So like as a scapegoat. As a, it's scapegoating. It's scapegoating, yeah. Classical. John chapter 8. Damn! Damn! Oh, we were not ready for that. So, Did you just have <laughs> so, a biblical verse? No. So this is for me that the things spoke to each other. It was a triquetra. Mm-hmm. So in the story of the woman brought to Jesus for adultery. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard that story. Yes. Which when you go and to throw, church. Throw the first stone type vibes. Yes. That, that's that, the that one, one right? That's the one. Thank God. So when you go to church, um, the message that is often and always extracted out of that, and it's, it's a way to stop you from thinking about the politics and the sex part of it, the message that's always given to you in a church is, you know, Jesus was completely forgiving, but he he also would not tolerate sin. Mm-hmm. So this is the message and this is the morality and the moralism that mm-hmm. you're then told to take from it. And then one day I was like, wait a minute. Are you telling me that all the analogies used throughout the Old Testament about Jerusalem being a woman or a wife in adultery have nothing to do with a story that took place in Jerusalem? Hmm? Well, Jesus went to get crucified, essentially. Are you telling me? Is that what you're telling me? You're telling me that this has nothing to do with Old Testament, Ezekiel, chapter 16, chapter 23, I think, where politically, the city of Jerusalem is compared to God as an adulterous woman. So God says, uh, through the prophet Ezekiel, and they, they use misogynistic language, and un, un, undiluted. Unprovoked, undiluted. <laughs> uh, so God is like, okay... Um, you're a nation that I found in the midst of slavery. Mm-hmm. I liberated you. Again, not using those exact words, but things like, I found you I found you um, thrown out. I cleaned you. I did this. I did that. Mm-hmm. Again, it's, 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 it's symbolism. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you then went and basically slept with everyone and it gets very graphic. Like what the sex was like and, and why you liked everyone you slept with. But all of the, all, all of those analogies or, or, or metaphors for the treaties and the, um, the just the political alliances that the city then entered into, mm-hmm. and then God virtually says, 
you will be surrounded by the city and they will stone you and they will hack you and they will do the things to you that are done to adulterous women. So when this story happens, and it, it's kind of like a living parable of that, oh. where the people who bring the woman to Jesus who had committed adultery were essentially the politicians of the time. Scapegoating. They oh. take attention away from how they are in collusion with the Roman Empire and doing all sorts of things that were going to lead to the siege of Jerusalem in AD 70, so like the destruction of the city, which yeah. is everything, you will be surrounded by other people and hacked and stoned, which is what will happen Ooh. to the city as they dealt out to woman. So now they're bringing this woman out to him, and they're like, we're supposed to stone her, what do you say? And um, he says, let you use without sin be the first to cast a stone. Now, if you don't, if you haven't read the rest of the Bible, the, the I have not. The conversation <laughs> that follows that is so obscure because it's 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 so many word symbols from the rest of the Bible, mm -hmm. but it's basically Jesus saying, "You continue blame shifting and scapegoating like this, you're going back to slavery." <gasps> Shook. Oh my God, my mother would love and despise you. So, the Bible is the most political book there ever was, and sex is a picture for political alliances for. Not just political, but also the ideas people associate themselves with. If, if the world views you yeah. adopt, um, this is why the relationship between Christ and the church is, is often referred to as being like a marriage or the thing that marriage pointed towards. Mm -hmm. So the idea being that our allegiance, our because I, I do consider myself a part of the church. You do. I that do. was actually going to be my next question. But you know what? Damn it, baby. Interview your goddamn self. So you... Okay, okay. yeah. Am I, that, am I that interview just like No. That? It's just... it's I. I'm just in awe of you. Like, so, I'm just sitting here, yeah. So, everybody has a worldview. Mm -hmm. A thing they believe in. And, and I was talking to somebody about this this morning. Where... I, he... I hope he doesn't hear this because now I'm laying his laundry <laughs> out. So, he judges people who don't finish what they've started. Okay. Um, his rationale for that being... It means that somewhere on your mind, you are accepting... Being taking the easy way out and I said that's an untestable assumption about why people don't finish things that they start mm -hmm. um, and when there's an untestable assumption it's often because I mean he also believes that we are a product of our environment everything you believe or do was a product of something you were exposed to and I said if that's true and you also believe that people who don't finish what they've started have, that, that that's a flaw mm -hmm. then something must have happened to you that taught you that and mm -hmm. he had a, his backstory was he was supposed to go to boarding school so he'll finish whatever he started because that's what he needed to get through that whether he likes it or not okay um, and I said but you now have as a result of something you're exposed to you have a belief that can't it's untestable you can't prove that anybody who drops something did it because they're taking the way, easy way out mm -hmm. maybe they made a rational decision but the fact that you have an untestable uh, uh, belief about the world because of what you're exposed to, um, that's very common. Everyone has a thing that they are bound to, a belief they are bound to by a bond tighter than rationality. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and most people don't question that. Because it's just, for them, it's the color of the water. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's just, it's so ingrained in you. It's exactly. just, it, it, and also I think there's, there's a sense of helping guide you. Because you're like, now when you start thinking about things, and I think I've realized that a lot about critical thinking in general. Yes. When you start thinking critically, the world can get very overwhelming. It right? Can. Right? And I, and I'm just thinking about, like, if you start thinking critically on an existential level. Right. Like, my, a lot of my critical thinking is towards sex and sexuality. Correct. So now if I started thinking critically about everything, not to say I'm not a critical thinker, thinker I do Google things when I see them on Instagram, <laughs> right? I do. But like, it's, it, it's almost sometimes so much easier to just hold on to these things. Right. So the, the biblical description for that is idolatry. Ooh, whoo, hey! No, think about it. So you know that expression, a picture speaks a thousand words. Mm -hmm. So... And this is, this is how branding works. This is how marketing works. Because you don't want to think a thing through, I'm going to overwhelm your mind with a picture that's going to just like short-circuit your thought process. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, just, and, it's, you know, it's here. It's yeah. done. You've understood. So it. now you've been fed the whole world. You've been fed the whole brand. The whole thing is now a part of your thinking. It's now the thing that goes unquestioned in the way you move through the world. It's an idol. That's so true. Because you believe it is the most important explanation for the world I believe the most important explanation for the world is God everybody has one that they haven't thought about so it's an idol because it's the thing around which 
all your other logic and rationality bends. Yeah. So it just centers around it. It's it cent- informs it. You don't it, even it, see it. It's a blind spot. I so. would rather say I am putting... Uh, so if you're going to have one of those, if you're going to have a God... Be 100 about it. <laughs> be 100 about so it. So you're asking me whether I, I consider myself a part of the church. So me, I was like, okay, I'm going to put at the center of my worldview a crucified person. Okay. And the relationship, again, between Christ and the church is considered a covenant because if you believe the basis of your righteousness or your right to exist is that somebody else died for you, you can't be self-righteous at the same time. You cannot. You cannot. So your fate and his fate, one thing. This is, this is spirituality. This is religion. This is, we are in it. We are, in we are, it. We are inside the and, thing. And the, and the thing is, if you don't, if you read this with a very Eurocentric mind, mm-hmm. I mean, black people could have understood this. Just give us the Bible. Don't take. Don't call it. Just let us sit with it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, is this? What the, we would have understood it based on our own cultures. Yo, like, okay. I just I I have like a thousand and one questions. Okay, so I think I think one thing a lot of people are going to be like asking right now as they listen to this podcast is like with all of your analysis and with all of your understanding. So how? Because I know I know I can already see the questions will be like. How do you reconcile your like sexuality and everything you've learned from the Bible? Because I feel like you would have a brilliant Sorry. unpacking of that. Okay. That's fine. Like this is one of those podcasts. You need to cough. You need to go pee. It'll be fine. This is okay. <laughs> Should have had that drink. No, <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. Okay. I, d- I didn't have lunch, so you can't. You didn't have lunch. <laughs> we love you for it. But yeah. Running around like a headless chicken. Your ducks not in a row. I do not know where my ducks are. I don't even know if I have ducks at this point. Like some are here, some are there. Like, it's fine. I'll take some. <laughs> I don't even know if I have any. It's so bad. Okay. But yeah. So religion and every and, and Yeah, and your sexuality. Because you do identify as a gay man. I, I do. You do, you do. Right. Mm-hmm. So we just established that you can't be self-righteous and believe that a crucified person is the basis of your righteousness at the same time. Mm-hmm. And maybe I should just go off on a slight tangent explaining how that works. Have you seen the movie Get Out? Yes. So one of the projects I'm working on is doing an analysis on it. What? Like, I, I love your life. Like you, I don't. You'd... Who's seen? <laughs> like, nobody's seen the stuff I'm doing on it. But you do know that the word, the word Exodus in the Bible and get out essentially mean the same thing. Yes. So Exodus being the exit from slavery, get mm-hmm. out. You will know if I say he's leaving slavery. Yeah. You, I, I don't know if, if, if you're seeing the parallels or the... Yes, because like, because with Get Out, because Get Out, okay, it, baby, okay, I love you. And you're sitting there in the corner looking at us. That was the one where like, you know, that they're, they're stealing these black bodies in order to like, sort of kind of embody them. Yeah. Right. And so like escaping that. Yes. And so Get Out and the Exodus. Was that, was that what he was trying to do? Or is that something no, you've picked up? No. It's something I, well, oh. the problem that, um, and now his name has completely escaped my mind. Peel. Yeah. Jordan Peel. Jordan Peel. Is it Jordan Peel? It is. So the problem Jordan Peel created is a spiritual one. Uh-huh. Yes. And and so in the original get out, he I think he intuitively understood he had not solved the problem. So in the original get out, Chris goes to jail. Oh, okay. Yeah. Chris is which one? The ta- the, 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 male, the the lead character. The lead character. character, yeah. He goes to jail in the minimum because the problem wasn't solved. Um if you bumped into Chris now and you stirred a cup of tea, what happens to him? Go straight back to the sunken place. <gasps> because that he was what... He never got out. He did never get out. He never got out. His Just body like the slaves, got out. The slaves never got out either. His body got out. But if you stir the tea, he's, he's the sunken in. place... The sunken place takes him back because mm-hmm. what, what, they, what the hypnosis did was they... What they did was they found... So everybody owes a debt to the universe... Okay, okay, let's and go there, let's go there. So the, everybody's conscience has a story about a debt to the universe. If I, the moment I find out what yours is, I can control you. Okay, speak more his, to that. His was his, that his mom died out in the street and he let her. Oh. So he owes a life and the only way he can offset that debt is if he gives his own life. That's how he becomes enslavable to these people who play around with his guilt. Oh, wow. Is, is that not what happened? <laughs> is that not how he got trapped in purgatory? Do you see how spiritual it gets? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the moment you find somebody's sense of guilt, you have enslaved them. And this is why in Exodus, how you offset the life that the person 
feels they owe is you give blood in exchange. So this is where ritual sacrifice, blood for blood, life for life. Mm -hmm. um, Exodus, a lamb gets slaughtered and then the people leave Egypt. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, you, if that makes any sense. I Remember, look at what happened in the book of Exodus. God did not physically airlift the Israelites out of Egypt or directly attack the Egyptians. He yeah. attacked all of their idols. Okay. So now he's understanding that they, there's a blind spot in the people's belief systems about who is in charge and who defines the world. Idolatry. Yes, images. yes, yes. So God judges the, the gods that they believe in or the gods that... Because, the, again, everybody has a sense of guilt about something. Yeah, yeah. So that makes them enslavable. And if you don't, if you if you don't, if you're not aware of who you think is in charge of the world, then it is easy to design an idol to fit to fill that void and enslave you. Which is what happened with Chris. It's a white woman. She's a mother. I I care about my baby. Remember, she played that whole thing. Mm -hmm. So now he's feeling very guilty, and because it it triggers his own guilt. So she becomes an idol over and against his mind. Oh, so the idols are created from the things the the what what did you call it um the what you owe yes. the universe yes right that debt you owe the universe correct okay and you don't even have to know exactly what the person feels they owe it just you have to know know it a bit better than they do just slightly more just slightly more just um and and so I mean it's it's not that simple I mean the for example the Egyptians god of the Nile River was a frog and a human body but again it's about representation so mm -hmm. so the the face of the frog would have an Egyptian's features the idea being this is our resource you are putting your body in this thing oh wow apartheid racism representation beauty standards cliques the hair thing. All of it, it's spiritual, if you, if you know exactly how it works. So you're telling the people, this is our resource. Mm -hmm. You're over there. You're, you're a trespasser, imposter syndrome. Play to it. Play to it. And like you, in order to even be slightly accepted, but you will never be fully accepted, not. try and shift. And try, then, so, and so then try and think. Try and So then there's betrayal. So oh. you have to betray your own people. Your debt compounds. Yo. Yeah. So... <laughs> sorry, tangent. So that was No, got my back out. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um... So to leave Egypt, slaughter a sheep, mm -hmm. you're now paying, you're offsetting, you're giving blood for blood, mm -hmm. eat unleavened bread. We will no longer participate in economies that are exploitative because bread, leaven causes it to rise. Or you're saying to somebody, I'm giving you something of this value, but no, actually, it's only that much mm -hmm. substance. It's just, it's inflated. So these are all symbols. These okay. are all ways of talking about the kinds of communities and, and, and economies um, we're prepared to participate in. We have to know who you are spiritually entering into these kinds of discussions. I don't know if this makes... I, know, because, again, economic exploitation and enslavement begins between a person's ears. It's spiritual. So, like, you... So, okay, now I'm... I'm I feel like this is one of those podcasts. I'm, I'm, I'm going to getting to the part of answering your question Okay, no, okay, yeah. How you reconcile the two, yeah. But you, you're saying something? No, like, no, it's literally... This was me just being like, okay, I'm beginning to understand and piece everything you've been saying okay. on this podcast together. All yeah. Right. So, um, you've, we now have established that to release somebody from that guilt, you need to give a life for a life. Mm -hmm. and, and otherwise, they're going to give their own bodies, their labor. You, you get enslaved because yeah. you feel like you owe a debt and you, you never get it finished. Mm -hmm. So, when the Israelites were taken out of Egypt, again, instead of a direct extraction, the, the idols of the Egyptians get defaced. So that you, you see that they're actually weak. Mm -hmm. and, and that's how the Israelites were then able to walk out of Egypt. They were not airlifted. Uh -huh. so, the battle, so their minds had shifted enough, but not completely. Um, they crossed the river. On the, in their minds, they're still enslaved. They still think like slaves. I mean, it, that thing, does, it takes generations. So a whole generation had to die in the desert on the way to the promised land. Um, okay. And the dynamics in the crowd were still those that you would expect from people who have only known enslavement expect you to be a slave master and all of those things and can only justify their existence their own, through enslavement, through giving up their own bodies and will judge the next person for not doing the same thing mm -hmm. so it's, it's the perfect breeding ground for hypocrisy because if I'm a very repressed straight person who's told you can only be righteous if you're if you're in a heterosexual um, um marriage and you can only, your, your sexuality can only be justified in that space mm -hmm. 
I will then take great relish in judging somebody else who does not conform to that because it's how I justify my existence and access to economic resources over and against that person. So it's the, that, that continuous, continuation of like that enslaved mentality right. type. Right, and guess what? You're not going to go after the people who perpetrated the enslavement and make them out. You're, like, you're not going to be like, oh, the Egyptians were hypocr hypocrites, blah, blah, blah. You think on some level they were justified in doing that just as, as black people, we will wear uniforms to church. But uh, the white people who brought us Christianity and religion, and we don't expect them to uh, obey to the same level of, like to, like to, to adhere to the same to, to level, Christianity yeah. to the same level, because it is now the black body that I feel should like. How dare you, as a fellow black person, be more liberated than I am? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh huh. So like it's almost like when you're sitting enclosed in something and you see someone frolicking in the field, mm -hmm. you're like, fuck you for frolicking. Fuck you for frolicking. Uh -huh. So, in all of these dynamics, and again, it's, it's a lot was happening, mm -hmm. eventually, the law of God gets given. Okay. In the midst of all of... You, you have to understand, there are so many dynamics there. There were so many cultures they were also exposed to. A whole bunch of other things happening where if you are a deity, you have to meet the people where they are. Mm-hmm. And you have to take that very self-righteousness and all of those toxic dynamics and codify them. It's the only way you'll manage it. You can change it after about another 2,000 years. But you have to codify it. You have to make the best of, the, of, of a really bad situation. If, for an example, people believe that a person has the right then to beat a slave, you're going to say, okay, um, you will not beat a slave to the point of death or to the point that they lose a body part. And then, See, now you've, you've yeah. actually drawn a line. Yeah. So you've codified it, but then in doing that, you've also drawn a line and you've sort of defined, okay, this yes. This is how, if you're going to have poly uh, polygamous marriages with one man and multiple women, these are the, going to be the rules for who, uh, how re resources get split, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. We are now going to turn the dynamics you exhibit at random, all this violence, is, we're going to turn it into something more civilized. Okay. Since we're not going to get you to go all the way from patriarchy to, to egalitarianism in one go, mm -hmm. we're at least going to turn your patriarchy into a culture. Yeah. Also, because we don't want to tell you how toxic you are. <laughs> a culture is like, I will put clothes on you. I will take the worst thing about you and I will make it look like that's what you were trying to do all along. <laughs> <laughs> like, just so you don't realize how naked you are. So, again, Adam, Eve, Adam, yes, yeah, yeah. clothes. Yeah, yeah, Clothes being representative of self-righteousness so that you forget you're naked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, it's all, again, it's, it's quite spiritual. Um, and then what do the people do once they have the law? They use it to, that hypocrisy, instead of being managed, actually becomes worse and more insidious because now there's a set of rules to play by. Yeah. So, um, whereas before I would have just gotten into a fist fight with you, now I, there's, there are rules to a game, so I will play games. Yeah. By the time Jesus arrives, people were even more toxic because they had religion, they had laws, and they, the, law, the law was given by God. It's religion. Yeah. Um, the hypocrisy is now ingra more ingrained, and and people can't really analyze how the, 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 the religion is being used because it's religion. I mean, it's supposed and to it's, be. And it's gone back to that thing where it's like these instant symbols that are inside you and you just automatically engage with them. You You're like, this is the church. law. You get into a church, there's a statue of Mary, there's a statue of, um, there's a cross. You don't question You why. don't question. You just why, like, why is the body on the cross white? The angels are white and the pictures of the people. These are the images are, you've been given. These are the symbols you've been given. And... You consume them automatically. You consume them automatically. Uh, and now it's time again to cast down those idols or to, to, to deface them. And the best way to do that, remember, so in Christianity, Christ is the image of God. Mm -hmm. So Christ is to God what idols are to other ideas. Does that make sense? Christ is to God. Idols are to so other Christ ideas. Is yes. The, yes. Yes. So yes. Every other idol has an image that represents it. So Christ yes. is the living image. So that's that's oh what God. it means to be is the son of God. Because a son is somebody who's a genetic representation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, how does he represent his God? He gets crucified. It is the ultimate de-idolization, the end of images. It is liberation. Because rather than living forever, rather than becoming a great king, he well, does. a quote-unquote great king, but also quote-unquote living forever, living right? For, so because it was the case of like people had thought that he would... 
either live forever, like in the physical, right here, right so now. All of those ideas get completely subverted. Mm. What does it mean for somebody to conquer on our behalf if he gets crucified? Ooh. Total subversion. Ooh. Um, <laughs> but what, what, then, what that then does is it forces you to read back on the law that you are given. So the law of Moses, the law of God, mm-hmm. the law against um, all, all of it. Because it's, it, it's all, it's, people focus on the ones about homosexuality. Mm. That whole thing is misogynistic. It is. Because, again, it is the best thing you could have at the time. It is the most just thing you could have at the time. Now, but now you get to critique it and see all the problems it can freeze into place instead of allowing evolution. The very evolution it was supposed to bring about, it delayed. Because it froze things into place. Correct. Because once you codify things and then they're kind of stuck in time. And yes. then, like, the way people throw around, this is our culture... And things like that. So you need a more radical, a, a transformation that's more radical than anything rules can bring about. Okay. And that's, and, and again, that's a that's spiritual surgery. Whew. Oh, okay. If the basis for, if your, if your idea for the basis for your existence is, I mean, in, we're all, so we, we, we live in systems that seek to enslave us because they've kind of got an, a grip on your guilt and stuff and nah, 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 nah. Mm-hmm. but all of that is, because, is based on the assumption that you are the one who's supposed to offer your body and your labor and your service to justify your existence mm-hmm. you cannot be enslaved and believe somebody else has done that for you oh not even by any rules I died like like literally this is why in, in the book of Romans it says you've died to the law and sin you, you are unenslavable Ay. Ay. you're done Yay. You're done. In Isazul, mm-hmm. we would call this umsebenz. You know, like ritual slaughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea being, when I'm a bad, you've got bad luck, you've got bad energy, we're now going to try to purge it. But what it really is, is you self-sabotage. We all understand self-sabotage. Yeah, 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 yeah. You self-sabotage because you are enslaved. So you need something to offset that, to offset what is basically a debt you're carrying around at, 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 at your basic psycho- in your psychological software. Mm-hmm. We never describe it this way. The people just somehow understood what they had to do. They spoke to Izangoma, Izangoma speaks to an ancestor. They're like, okay, to solve this, we need to do this and that. And that. But that had also developed its own toxic things because now you've got ritual frozen into place. Damn. Mm. I'm not saying it's bad, I'm saying it can be. Um, this is why when I read the Bible and I brought this understanding to it, mm-hmm. so the people can't see my gestures. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was a it was a thinking gesture. Yes, it, was it was definitely a thinking, a thinking gesture. <laughs> so I read the Bible and I understand how enslavement happens, I understand how economies are actually I mean we we never speak about the spirituality behind ideologies, but yeah. they are deep spiritual assumptions. Because ideologies there's a lot of thinking that it's a lot of practical cognitive processes that are sometimes sort of removed from all those other things like you know because people can break down ideologies right? right well the idea is you can but like the way you're saying we don't think of no, the don't. sort of spiritual an ideology is is like an idol um it is to a spiritual set of concepts what an image is to any set of concepts because it prepackages it for you into a resolved thing that mm-hmm. short circuits your own thinking and critique so people don't think about ideologies mm-hmm. and for me that is a painful void in social justice work we'll, we'll, we'll delve into it okay but um, am I talking no I'm loving this like, <coughs> I, I just cannot deal so, with how much like I'm learning and thinking and just yeah so, you, you're just fucking all my shit up right but, now but, but it's okay the phrase I love the most that keeps coming up in the New Testament again and again is Christ died once Christ died once. Once. Not every day. No. Not every Sunday. No. Once. Um, which is to say, the work of justification, of justifying my existence, try making me do it again. Like, how, how can you reconcile it? No. He like, died. He died. He, he, the, he death died. Had, the death has been paid. Like, he died. He died. So now, why it's am I like, still here trying to reconcile? And now everybody's... And, and, I literally and, just asked you to pay the debt again, didn't I? Like, and, now, and you're just like, but why? And now the systems of the world are fucked because the one thing I get is... No, 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 fam. He died once. He died once. And it's, it's done. It's done. And me, I sat here <laughs> and I was like, but where is, where is the death that no. I was... No, it's no. happened. He's died once. 
Oh my gosh. And, and the, the root of toxicity. So everything religion, you, you think religion is trying to solve. Why are people stealing? Why are people lying and cheating and stuff? Is they're trying to justify their own existence. Again, against a set of standards they haven't thought about. Or they will justify what they're doing against the set of standards that they set up for themselves. Can't do that if you believe in a Christ who died once. Damn. You're dead. Like your self, your self righteousness out the window. Out the window. Um, how are you going to justify? So you like, how do you justify that you lied to this person or you, you cheated on this person? You said you were in. You can't make up a story where well that person who did this worst thing and then therefore I was justified in doing this thing. Blah blah blah. blah. We thought you was dead. You and your self-righteousness are dead. So who are, who's, who, who's this? Who's this now who's doing this comparison to we were, you, this other person and I had a set of rules we were supposed to comply to and, and I did a bit better than that person and that justifies me doing that now. That person owes me blah, blah, blah. But you, you and rules, I thought you had, your justification was done. I thought you were dead. You, you can't be consistent or married to or in covenant with the crucified Christ and still play those games. Which is, basi- which is basically the entire thing that the that the church is built on. Of course. At, the, at this moment in time. Well, it's, for a long time, even. Wow. Yeah. So, there's what God said, and then there's what the institution said to justify the financial spin-offs of having political control. Okay. You know what? What? We're going to wrap that up. Okay. Right? But... Your, your listeners are like, we're never listening to this podcast again. No, they're like, we're going to listen to this like four times, this one episode. Okay, so now you said that you read a room and you figure out what you're going to read from your book, right? I'm bad at reading rooms, but yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, we, just, we did say that at the top. Okay, so what are you going to read for us? Okay, I'm just going to say right now that he's going to wrap up his own podcast because why not? With a reading. You're going to wrap we, up your own are, podcast. Are we wrapping up? Are we done? Yeah, no, it's fine. We can do this again. Okay. We can do this again. I now have access to you. Oh. This is a relationship this now. Is, of course. This is a relationship. Okay. What are you going to read for us? I actually literally opened up at random and I found um, what seems to be a good passage. I don't know how much, how much reading no. can I get away with. A page and a half. Oh, you can get away with whatever you want, baby. It's okay. But it still touches indirectly on religious stuff. Or do you want me to just do something lighter? No. Okay. We have a theme. I'm going to go get more wine. I think it's needed. Okay. Go for it. Should I? Am I reading? Yeah. Okay. Um, this is from page 140. The section is titled Dying of Politeness. My team members were eating at the office premises gardens. One of them, a sharp-eyed Tosa girl, grabbed my collar as I was walking towards the table. She yelled, let me see, despite my protests. I eventually let her see, and there they were. Hickeys galore. Bite marks and rough sex finger-shaped bruises. I thought that they were healed or hidden or both. What had I been thinking, letting Daniel use me like a chew toy? I may as well have shown up with his cum running down my face. Mm. <laughs> one by one, my team members lowered their collars and showed their hickeys as well. And they all looked relatively new. Okay. Uh, the closer girl who'd caught me was a Jehovah's Witness. Later that week, we jokingly compared sins and their escape routes. She didn't see why it would be a problem that heterosexual people could look forward to marriage, but gay people would be left high, dry, and without a way to catch up to the moral requirements of religious law. You're going to hell, she slipped, and then put her hand up to her mouth to stifle her giggles. Um, my face had a Cheshire cat grin frozen to it. Is that how you pronounce Cheshire cat? Cheshire. 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 This writing in this language. Hey, no, it's fine. I, I was in the UK for four years. Right. They taught me a thing or two. Cheshire. <laughs> I already knew that, like I was going to hell. But mm-hmm. Jehovah's Witnesses, hell isn't that bad. It's just, it's eternal unconsciousness. She would survive divine judgment because though she was having sex outside of marriage, she intended to marry her guy whether he knew it or not. Well, that's okay. That's yeah, okay. Then. <laughs> that, that's a loophole in the rules, cherry-picked by the bulk of churches I've known. That's how I became many Christians' assurance of salvation. They're Jesus. Whatever their sins, all they needed to do was es- to escape judgment was a little was be a little bit straighter than ours and have access to a few more loopholes, insider familiarity, religious privilege, and a greater company of similar inclined, similarly inclined sinners amongst whom they'd feel less alien. If the essence of sin and hell is relational isolation, then finding out that the majority s- fell into the same sin could make that sin fashionable until, as though by osmosis, the whole group could somehow magically ooze from the company of the damned to the blessed 
to that of the blessed with their metric dancers and their social networks they could turn to for help through med school and all of life's highs and lows. God was essentially a tribalist, and the condemnation of the sins of an unknown and alienated minority was necessary for the majority to feel their pet sins were more tolerable. God created on the curve, and if the Christians around me were a sound reflection of how God graded, I, the gay guy, was the cut-off point. So close, yet so far. Mm, 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 mm. Thank you, my baby. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Like, you know we're going to do this again. Oh, I right? hope so. We are going to do this I'm again. I'm going to do when I am drinking. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I already had your red wine, so I have actually put it aside. I feel so bad. Okay, can I have it on that day? Yes, of course. No, now this has been stored away. But thank you for coming. Thank you for having Are me. Are you going to tell us your social media things? Also, can you please tell us how to find your OnlyFans? Do you, is it like an at thing? Yes. Yes, okay. Tell us your social media and how to find your OnlyFans. So, my social media handle is the same across platforms. It's Sia the Right. S-I-Y-A-T-H-E-W-R-I-T-E-R. So that's on Instagram, on Twitter. I have one TikTok video, I think. You made a TikTok. Yeah. And I've got other platforms and other things. But yeah, those are the main ones. And that's who I am on OnlyFans as well. See other writer. Ooh, so you're selling the whole fantasy. Well, I write erotica, so it's... Oh yeah, that's actually going to be our next. So you know the next time you come on this, we're speaking purely about your erotica and how you got into OnlyFans. And Mr. Gay is saying... Yes. We need to talk about that, babe. Oh my God. Yeah, no, we need to talk about that. But okay, let me wrap this podcast up. Like, you know, I never know how to wrap these things up. But basically, thank you so much for joining us. Thank um, you for having me here. Yeah. And like, so you must come back again. You promise you're going to come back, right? Yes. Okay, thank you everyone who joined us and listened to this analysis. I now have a podcast that has an episode with analysis. I'm a grown-ass bitch, right? <laughs> Please go and check out at basicallylive under slash pod for really, really great content. We put tiki-tokis. We're going to start sharing your videos and your, like, <laughs> vibes. Don't worry about it. And also, make sure you check this out on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and on SoundCloud. It's on every single platform that you can imag- imagine. English is hard, hey? Hey, hey, hey. But, yes, also leave a five-star review. Why are you still here and you have not left a five-star review? My God. Respect us. <laughs> Respect us. So, this is Basically Life, and I'm your host, Tiff Mugo, saying calm your tits. It is never that serious. sign off and I must say that I am your host Tiff Mugo and this is basically life and we are just looking at queer love and living and I'm still your host and I am still telling you to calm your tits because it is never ever that serious this podcast was created by Hala Africa Productions and sound engineered by Leon Erasmus of Digital Fanatic Studios music compiled by Loazi of Chosen Flower Collections